This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hi, I'm Harianto Diman, and I'm Olivia Kui. Welcome to The Straits Times' Big Story podcast, where we analyze key issues with our journalists and guest experts. Meanwhile, Singapore could have a COVID-19 vaccine by early next year with the first shipments of the Duke NUS vaccine expected in the first quarter. Arcturus Therapeutics, the American pharmaceutical firm working with the Duke NUS scientists on the vaccine, announced positive preliminary results from the ongoing early-stage clinical trials. Arcturus added that the Economic Development Board is pumping in some 45 million US dollars or 60.5 million Singapore dollars into the manufacture of the vaccine and will also have the right to purchase up to 175 million dollars of the vaccine at pre-negotiated prices. According to Duke NUS, the results from the trials so far show that the vaccine could be effective as a single dose. Well, meanwhile, Pfizer and BioNTech announced yesterday that their experimental vaccine is 90% effective at preventing COVID-19 in ongoing Phase 3 trials. According to preliminary findings, protection in patients was achieved seven days after the second of two doses and 28 days after the first. Both companies are still awaiting data on safety, which could come later this month. We're happy to have Professor Dil Fisher here to weigh in. He's from NUS's Yong Lulin School of Medicine and, a, and also a senior consultant at National University Hospital Prof. A global race in progress to find a viable COVID-19 vaccine. Now, Pfizer said its vaccine is 90% effective. How would you describe the preliminary results and what should we keep in mind as clinical trials progress with the various vaccines in development? Yeah, thanks for for having me back. As uh, uh, as everyone feels, there's, there's no doubt that this is is good early news. But we need to to bear in mind the lots lots of caveats that come with with early news. Um, so about over forty thousand people were in the trial, half in the placebo and half in in the active arm with the vaccine, and and so far only according to what I've heard. Only 94 people have become infected with COVID uh, in, in that two months period, but uh, but it, in those small numbers, it suggested that uh, many more people in the placebo arm got it than in the vaccine arm, and, and therefore that's how they've come up with the number that's 90% effective. But uh, so typically we need more than 150 events in a trial like this before we start making claims. But I guess with the 90%, they they were pretty excited and and decided to to release the information, which I must say, no one, uh, to my knowledge, outside the Data Safety Monitoring Board has actually seen. Mm. So there's the caveats that come with that. Firstly, it's small numbers, and what will happen when when there's been a couple of hundred more events? Will it start to even up? Um, will the vaccine's efficacy Wayne, so they want to do these trials continuously over, uh, over, or they want to keep monitoring these trials over two years. So that's for for safety, but it's also for the efficacy to see if the people in the vaccine arm start to get increasing number of infections, suggesting that the uh, the effectiveness of the vaccine is waning. What worries me is that they're talking about the emergency use authorization. Um, so that it can actually be licensed and used. Uh, I understand 
the, why they want to do that, because, for instance, in, in the US, we've got uh, a thousand people dying every day. But, but nonetheless, we, we need to be led by the science. Um, so imagine rolling out millions and hundreds of millions of doses and then find that after two or three months, the effect wears off, for instance. That would, have, that would be tragic. Uh, and it would be tragic for a number of reasons. Um, first, firstly, if people get vaccinated, uh, are they more inclined to, to, to stop the mask wearing and the distancing? This would be, be, a, be a big concern. Uh, will they stop other clinical trials because they say, oh, we've now got a vaccine that works. So maybe it becomes unethical to put people in the placebo arm so, so you can't compare. And, and it's conceivable that people in the placebo arm of this trial might say, well, I now want to know whether I got placebo or the vaccine. And if I got placebo, I would now like the vaccine, please. So then you lose your people that you're planning on following for two years. So this gets very murky now. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Okay, well, an obstacle to getting a Pfizer's vaccine is the complex and super cold storage requirements. It needs to be kept at minus 70 degrees Celsius or below. So, Prof, how soon do you think uh, Singapore will be able to get the Pfizer vaccine if it's even at all accessible to us when the time comes? Well, firstly, it's my personal view that uh, I don't believe Singapore will be rushing to the vaccine. Uh, Singapore is not really in a in a bad place in in terms of um, uh, response to the to the pandemic. Uh, very few cases now. Um, there, there's still some uh, obviously some social restrictions, some uh, and some uh, I guess ec economic and social hardships taking place, but. But by and large, uh, we're in a good place and it, it, it would be my feeling, and, and again, I, I don't make the decisions, but, uh, but I, I would have thought Singapore could wait and let a little bit more time go so that we learn more from the science point of view. Mm. Well, thank you so much for your time, Professor. That was Professor Dale Fisher from the Yong Lulin School of Medicine at NUS. He's also a senior consultant at the National University Hospital. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.